Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hi, I'm Michael Ball. Thanks for joining us. How are you joining us around the country? This segment is brought to you by Real Crowd. If you're in commercial brokerage, definitely check out realcrowd.com. You'll be glad you did. Well, today I want to talk about construction. I want to talk about labor. You know, there's been some big storms, floods. We're talking about is there a hit on GDP? Is there a hit on energy prices? Is there a hit? Is there going to be a hit on gas prices? We're already seeing that, obviously. What's that going to do to the economy? And when you think about construction costs, that really impacts all of us. If you're a business, you use space, or you're an investor, and you own real estate, you know. Uh, Construction costs are key when we're building out spaces, when we're building new spaces. Also, when you look at replacement costs and you're making investment decisions. Please welcome my first guest, Adam Kamins. He's senior economist with Moody's Analytics, and he's joining us on the phone. Adam, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Michael. Well, Adam, I think as you as you heard, I think a lot of our listeners and viewers were kind of concerned is, you know, what, what's going on in, in Houston and what's going on in the Keys and in Florida and, and in Puerto Rico. Uh, how is that going to impact uh, construction cost and, and labor things uh, moving forward in the near term and, and maybe long term? Sure. Both, all of the storms and the fact that we've had three major hurricanes now hit the you know, some portion of the U.S. in the span of, of basically a month, it's going to have a significant impact on, on costs. Uh, building materials, we're already seeing a, a pretty significant rise in prices for materials like plywood, lumber, etc. Um, and you know, labor shortages as well are going to play a significant role. We've already seen actually you know, before these storms that it was getting harder and harder to find construction workers, which was pushing up you know, costs for, for workers, pushing up wages. And you know, with more and more demand now for rebuilding, that's going to have an even more significant effect along those lines. Yeah, I think if I'm labor for construction or I have a construction company, boy, I'm going to really concentrate on those areas. There's going to be a lot of work there for a long time, right? That's exactly right. And I think those are areas, you know, in particular, we think about Florida, we think about Southeast Texas and Houston in particular. These were areas that were growing very rapidly already. There was a lot of demand to begin with before these hurricanes hit. Now you kind of tack on a major rebuild that's going to need to take place, especially in Houston. Um, and demand is going to be, you know, kind of go through the roof in a lot of these places. And so that going to put a lot more pressure on wages in that sense. And that's going to have a national impact because you're going to see more and more you know, demand kind of funneling to these areas that were hit by the hurricane. And that hits you know, all real estate markets throughout the country. Right. And you mentioned Houston. And Houston is uh, kind of the capital of the U.S. Uh, gas market, right? Fuel, uh, oil. That's right. So, you know, and we're seeing the prices going up on gas. I filled up my uh, pickup truck this morning. Yeah, I'm from the South. Got a pickup truck. <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, and, it, and it, it again, it stopped at $100 and didn't fill it up. That hasn't happened to me in a while. And, of course, gas prices impact prices and companies all over the U.S. What do you see there? Yeah, no, I think we're certainly seeing that effect. I think the, the major impact uh, comes, again, from Hurricane Harvey, from the impact in Houston, the fact that oil refineries were shut down for a while, that you know, there was a real shock to supply uh, certain shale formations in, the, in southeast Texas where oil is, is drilled. Those were, those were compromised. And so we have seen gas prices rising throughout the country. And basically, you know, when gas prices rise, that means there's less disposable income in consumer pockets that you know, 
as a result, what we what we get is less spending, less demand, and that has a broad impact on the overall economy. So, you know, we are seeing gas prices that are elevated. They're going to remain elevated, at least compared to where they were um, a month or two ago for the foreseeable future. And, you know, as a result, we, we would expect that, you know, the, the kind of, you know, this is going to have a little bit of effect of an effect on, on areas like retail and certainly on, on business costs, transportation costs, things along those lines. Yeah, I was uh, filling up my car. I have a car too. Look at that. And uh, <laughs> uh, and went into the the station, and the guy said, uh, "Aren't you going to buy anything in the store?" And I said, "No, I spent all my money at your gas pumps, <laughs> so I can't spend any money in the store. It's beyond my budget today." And uh, so, how long might these gas prices be impacted? Are they going to come back down, or or are the uh, oil companies going to say, "Ah, this is where we should be." <laughs> They, they probably will make their way back down gradually. We are seeing more and more refineries begin to get back online. And actually, it's been a little bit of a, of a surprise that it, it's taken as long as it has. There actually was a little bit more damage to some of the oil refineries along the Gulf Coast than, uh, than it initially appeared. So it's taking a bit longer than expected to kind of get supply back up to where, to where it needs to be. Uh, but we will eventually see, you know, it, probably not this year, uh, mm-hmm. but, you know, as we get into next year, we will see gas prices kind of get back, you know, to where they've been and we'll get, you know, the, the dominating forces that, you know, typically take place with, you know, global supply, global demand, you know, sh- uh, shale drilling, things along those lines. Um, that will kind of move back to the fore in terms of what's setting oil prices. Yeah, we're talking with Adam Kamins with Senior Economist with Moody's about the construction costs and the storms and, and how that's impacting uh, the market and the economy and commercial real estate. So gas prices high, obviously a big impact on, on the economy. So you think it'll take that long? It might be, say, a year from now before these prices uh, drop significantly for gasoline? I think I think it'll probably be a little bit less than that. I think mm-hmm. maybe you know six or so months before prices are, are at least – pretty close to where they were before before these storms. Mm-hmm. You know, we may not get exactly to where we would have been absent these storms for a little bit longer than that, but I would say by the time we get to, you know, the winter, certainly by next spring, I don't think that, that you'll be seeing gas prices reflecting the impact of these storms anymore. Yeah. Well, I want the prices my old pappy told me about. 29 cents a gallon, he said, when he was <laughs> I don't think we'll be getting back to that, unfortunately. Uh, come on, Adam. Come on, Adam. Come on. <laughs> um, well, what about uh, if you own real estate, you're, 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 you're leasing to businesses, you run a business, you know, and you're thinking about labor costs, because you mentioned that we already had a shortage of labor in the construction market. This certainly makes it worse. What do you expect for labor and construction prices uh, moving forward? Are we going to have just a surge in, in, in Texas and in Florida, or are these prices going to rise across the country, and how long might that last? Sure. I, I think we would expect, and again, this is even before these storms hit, we've been expecting to see a, a real if not a surge, at least a, a significant pickup in construction wages across the country. Uh, now, the demand is going to be so pronounced in southeast Texas and Florida that I think it will, you'll see a little bit more of a surge in prices there. Uh, but I think you'll see it across the country. And because this is not just related to the hurricane, right? The hurricane is going to power kind of an additional surge, but we're at a place right now where, you know, there's been a lot of demand coming from both the residential market and the commercial market and 
not enough construction workers. Um, on top of that, you have you know, the impact of tighter immigration policy that may be kind of choking off some additional supply of construction workers. All of that basically means that you're going to get uh, probably sustained upward pressure on construction costs for, for a while. Um, so I don't think you may get a little bit of a temporary spike coming out of the, the rebuilding from the, from the hurricane. But unlike gas prices, this is not the kind of thing where I think we'll be kind of back to normal or back to where we were you know, six months ago, a year from now. Well, that's interesting because one of the, the impacts on commercial real estate is new supply, right? And I'm wondering if, if costs rise, if that's going to curtail some of this uh, new supply. Uh, although we don't think we've oversupplied in a lot of markets, but it's always a concern that we, we built too much, right? <laughs> well, Adam, what would you uh, say as a closing tip for commercial real estate people around the country related to construction costs and, and, and labor and gas prices moving forward? I would say that just it's worth keeping an eye, you know, in the next few months that there might be be some surges that take place, especially, you know, in, in terms of construction costs, materials costs, worker costs, but basically just to take the long view that, you know, th- we are going to see kind of an upward creeping of, of wages. I, like I said, I wouldn't expect that, you know, wage pressures and cost pressures are going to completely abate. Uh, but if things, you know, look extreme in the next month or two, don't overreact to that either. And that, you know, things will kind of get back into equilibrium in terms of how they're growing. Right. We can take it easy. Take a big sigh. <laughs> Relax. Deep exactly. breath. Right. Well, Adam, thanks for joining us. Great information, sir. They're my pleasure, Michael. Thank you. All right. And stay with us. We'll have more on construction costs right after this. Stay with us. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. Choose between core, core plus, value add, or opportunistic. Visit realcrowd.com. Build out the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit buildout.com. Are you a real estate agent? Hi, this is Michael Bull. Would you like consistent high income? Would you like to be the top producer in your office? Would you like to be known as the go-to broker in your market? Well, I have something for you. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com. Video is powerful. Some of the biggest brands in commercial real estate have trusted us to tell their story. We are Barnes Creative Studios, premier commercial real estate video services. BarnesCreativeStudios.com. Are you looking to buy, sell, or lease commercial real estate? You're invited to contact Bull Realty for customized asset and occupancy solutions. Call 404-876-1640 or visit BullRealty.com. Excelligent, the resource professionals like CCIMs, CBRE, JLL, Colliers, and Bull Realty use for market intelligence. Commercial Search is the site to market and find available properties to buy, sell, or lease all over the country. Visit CommercialSearch.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Let me tell you, if you want an incredible video for your next project, visit BarnesCreativeStudios.com. Today we're talking about construction. You know, a lot of people have been concerned about construction prices, uh, labor, 
everything involved with construction and how it's going to impact uh, the business world, how it's going to impact commercial real estate. Well, have an expert on the phone with us. Please welcome Stuart Benstock. He's president and CEO of Construction Financial Management Association. Stuart, thanks for being with us. How are you today, Michael? Thank I'm you. doing well. Thanks you. And uh, so the storms, all the, the flooding in Houston and Florida uh, and Puerto Rico, is this impacting the construction industry? What are you seeing? Oh, very, very much so, Michael. Uh, you know, they say, I believe, between the Florida and Houston, that I, this doesn't even include Puerto Rico. The damage is about uh, between 150 to $200 billion, wow. which is 25% more than the damage caused by Katrina. And we all know how much damage Katrina caused. Um, so you've got just a ton of issues. Uh, you know, coordinating local, state, and federal funding is going to be a major issue. Um, then that's all exacerbated by uh, the labor worker shortage that we have in the industry. I'll probably touch on that later in this interview, but uh, even CBS Sunday Morning did a segment this couple days ago on the worker shortage. So it's even hit mainstream media that they recognize that this is a huge issue in the construction industry. You know, maybe on the positive side, but I don't know. I'm not sure if this is a positive. Both uh, Florida and, and Texas have seemed to roll back some of their regulations and licensing to get work done. On the one hand, maybe that things will get done quicker, but on the other hand, you might have some unscrupulous contractors. So, and and who maybe are not licensed and might end up doing some work because both states have decided to loosen up uh, their requirements. So. Uh, there's some huge issues. And then, you know, if you're a contractor, you're going to go to a uh, uh, an owner and try and invoke the force majeure clause. I don't get to use that expression very often, but uh, that's a nice, I believe it's, I believe it's Latin, Michael, um, which basically says, you know, when there's been a uh, uh, an act of God, uh, an unforeseen natural disaster, that, you know, you can adjust your contract and you can bet that contractors in both those states that have have had projects ongoing have been severely limited and severely de- delayed, and they're going to try and invoke that clause, as they should, yeah. um, to uh, ask for an extension of time. So you're going to get into some uh, difficult issues, and I'm, I'm just talking about construction that was progressing before this. Right, right. Disaster. Right, and you, and you mentioned there was a uh, shortage of construction uh, people. Uh, and that was before the storms. So obviously we're going to have not enough uh, labor now. Uh, so how is that impacting prices so far? And what do you expect for construction prices moving forward? Well, I, I think we're going in one direction, Michael. They're going to go up. Yeah. Material, material for, well, let, let's take aside the labor shortage for a second. Let's talk about material prices. Uh, you know, depending on, you know, I, I think a lot of this will depend on the speed at which activity takes place in both these states. If if there's some major activity in both states and they're trying to do things quickly, um, then that's going to impact uh, material prices even more so. If they kind of try and do it over time and kind of a steady progression, then maybe material prices won't be affected as much. But I. I don't think there's any way you can look at material prices and think there's only one way they're going to go, and that's up. 
Uh, and then as for the labor shortage, uh, obviously the labor shortage puts uh, pressure uh, on wages. Uh, once again, the only, the only place they can go is up. We do a quarterly uh, questionnaire of our members. It's called Confindex. And we ask them about a series of things, series of issues and series of problems. When we ask them about the worker shortage, they say it is it is the biggest issue in the industry by about five times. Hmm. Uh, you know, they'll talk about public policy. They'll be concerned about some public policy issues. They may be concerned about financing. But when you want to talk about labor shortages, it's five times as significant as any other single issue. It is the biggest issue facing the industry. It has been the biggest issue facing the industry, and it will continue to be so, even more so uh, after these two terrible um, incidents and plus what's happened in Puerto Rico. Well, if I'm looking at my construction costs and my labor costs moving forward, what range might I expect my, incre my increases, my construction costs increases? Oh, gosh, I, I'm not sure I'm going to be able to give you an answer to that <laughs> question in terms cool. of the range of cost. Um, but I'm going to tell you there's only way that, only one place they're going, and that's, and that's up. Yeah. Okay. And what are the key industry uh, financial indicators? You know, what, what are the trends there? What do you expect? So um, uh, they've been, you know, prior to um, the uh, hurricane season, things were actually very positive in the industry. Uh, our members tell us there's, uh, there's a lot of work out there. Uh, our, our survey that we do quarterly, I mentioned before, says that profit margins are up. Uh, financing seems to be available. Uh, the only thing, the only little question mark is uh, there is some uncertainty uh, as to the future and as to public policy. And I think that has a lot to do with uh, what the current administration in Washington talked about um, regarding construction and how little has actually taken place regarding construction uh, since they came uh, into, um, into power. And then add to that that one of the kind of hallmarks of this administration was they were talking about public-private partnerships as a way of funding public work, and recently they seem to have backed off on that as well. So I think uh, from a uh, – uh, there is a great deal of concern about where this administration is heading in terms of construction. We're talking with Stuart uh, Benstock, and he's CEO of CFMA, Construction Financial Management Association. So, Stuart, if we um, are going to be doing some construction, some build-out of some office space, some new construction of, of buildings, what are some tips as, a, as, as a, you, know, you look at this industry for a long time, you're seeing what's going on with uh, labor and construction costs, what are some tips for folks moving forward? Well, I think, well, you know, one thing I'd like to just briefly mention, and, and we, I, I want to be very clear about this, my organization, CFMA, doesn't take a position on this, but I, I think it just, um, it's something that we've seen over time, and that's um, if you're procuring construction services, you might want to take a look at the difference between low bid versus what people commonly call best value procurement. So, um, you know, traditionally, uh, owners have uh, asked for contractors to bid on work based on a set of plans and specifications um, and a, a design, and, uh, and then they ask them for the low bid, and low bid wins. Um, when you're looking at a period of time now where there are going to be shortages, I think you want to make sure you have the, uh, 
the best contractor possible available. And you can do that through what we call best value procurement. So you look at factors other than price. Price is obviously a very important consideration, but there's a lot of other things you can look at from a contractor. Um, you know, you can look at their past record. You can look at projects they've done in the past. You can see if they've completed them on time within budget. Um, so there, there are a lot of factors to look at to think about procuring construction services differently than just low bid, uh, particularly in a period of time now when there's going to be uh, some wage pressure. Um, and so people could come in at a low bid, win the job, and then you find out that they can't perform the job, um, and that creates a whole bunch of havoc for an owner. Yeah. Well, Stuart, that sounds like inside information. So how would I find out if the previous jobs this contractor's been on were on time and on budget? Well, I think it's a matter of uh, when you go through that process of procurement, you can ask those questions and you can ask uh, for that kind of information from a contractor. That could be part of, part of the request for information and requests for proposals as you're, uh, as you're looking for construction services. Okay. And then... You guys are very active in the commercial uh, industry and uh, construction industry. Are there any other concerns for the practitioners uh, out there in the space that uh, uh, to think about? Well, you know, I, I mentioned worker shortages. I want to I want to just touch on that for a second again. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, there are worker shortages both at the um, labor level. So you're talking about you know plumbers, electricians, mm -hmm. sheet metal workers. There's there's shortages there. But there are also shortages, you know, for good project managers. So we just don't have enough people going through the pipeline. And, um, you know, contractors are trying everything possible uh, to find people, um, and they'll pay a premium for, you know, really good people. One thing I've, I've noticed recently I've seen uh, publicized is contractors are uh, providing internships for kids in college, maybe in a construction management program. They bring them in, and they kind of – let them experience and during the summer all that a, a contractor does. I think that's a great idea. Um, but the larger issue is there are not enough people in the construction management programs and there are not enough people uh, becoming uh, journeymen, electricians, journeymen, plumbers. And, you know, my personal view is, once again, this is not CMS, CFMA's view, but it's my view, that we need to do something as an industry in total um, and it's hard sometimes to get uh, union and non-union contractors to talk about this collectively. Uh, there's a lot of activity going on, a lot of promotion of the industry, but it's all kind of piecemeal. I, I think we need a huge public relations campaign uh, because the reality is a construction job uh, as a plumber or as an electrician is a very well-paying job. Yes. And you get trained to do that without incurring any debt. Uh, you go through a, a program and you actually, um, you know, are an apprentice. You get paid while you're learning to do a job and you incur no debt. There are a lot of things to say on behalf of the industry uh, as a future employment opportunity. The problem is it's a branding uh, and it's a perception uh, by parents, by kids, that this is a, an industry not to uh, get involved in. But that's just not the case. There yeah. are lots of opportunities.
opportunities in the industry. Yeah, that's a very good point. And, you know, a lot of people in the construction industry, and uh, they do extremely well. They're very respected. And uh, when someone does a good job, they just they, they make great money. It is a good field to get into. And I know you're busy. Before you go, I want to ask you, if you were uh, talking to a, a governmental agency, the, if the president's listening to Congress, what, what tips would you have related to construction, maybe immigration, things that might help the economy uh, in the construction industry? Well, I think in terms of construction, I'd focus on helping us with the worker shortage. I think there are programs that the government could help with uh, that, that you know don't have can be agnostic, whether it be whether it's union or non-union, um, in terms of promoting the industry and promoting apprenticeship programs, promote, uh, promoting training. Uh, that's what we need, and we need uh, some help from people to. Um, uh, to encourage others to recognize the value of the industry. Uh, you know, the other thing uh, in terms of immigration, um, the reality is that there, there is a fair, fairly large part of the employment segment, particularly when it comes to some on the labor you know, side, uh, that are illegal immigrants. And you can't talk about this gigantic program on the one hand and also... Uh, start deporting people and sending them off uh, out of the country. Uh, there seems to be a little inconsistency between the two there, and I think um, some further thought needs to be taken to, to figure out a cohesive, coherent uh, program yeah. that can accomplish what this administration wants to do in terms of immigration without harming the industry. Yeah. Well, those are good tips and a good point. Stuart, thanks for joining us on the show today. Great information. Thank you, Michael. If you'd like more information from Stuart, visit their website at cfma.org. And uh, thanks for uh, joining us today. If you have any comments, uh, please share them. Uh, Subscribe below, and uh, thanks for being with us. And until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh, and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty. Asset and Occupancy Solutions, CommercialAgentSuccess.com. Better serve clients, earn more commissions. Excelligent, building data everywhere. Real Crowd, crowdfunding with the professionals. Get Valuate, online investment analysis. Build Out, marketing for your brokerage. For more information on these great companies, visit CREshow.com. And you're invited to subscribe to the show on YouTube and iTunes and connect with us on your favorite social media.